Welcome to the Sacramento Real Estate Podcast with information you can use to make better choices. And now, here's Home Rocket Real Estate Broker, David Jarowitz. Hello, and welcome to February 2011. I can't believe how fast January passed us by. It was unbelievable. Well, we're looking now at January's numbers and comparing them to December's numbers, and then kind of figure out how uh, 2011 is going to turn out for everybody. So I'm going to address that a little bit today, and I'm also going to talk about my five-step method to getting a high value house and it's not by accident you know why it's because the best values don't look like the best values when you look at them initially they're hidden and how to uncover them is what i'm going to talk about today this is this is the first time i've ever revealed our method but i want you to know because i think it's critical for 2011 if you're going to be a buyer that you understand these things so i'll get to them in a second but first let's talk about our real estate market as far as our inventory goes our inventory is about the same. Uh, in fact, um, I think it's going to rise this year. That's what I'm hearing from everybody, that the banks got slowed down last year with putting inventory in the market. It's going to increase this year. If that's the case, that'll put downward pressure on prices. But on the other hand, we've had some news in December. We had a, a very high number of uh, sales. We had about 1,500 sales in Sacramento County in December. We had about 1,300 in January. So we have seen a little slowing, but it is January after all. It's not spring. It's not the peak season. So I don't know. I'll have to look at February's numbers before I can make a determination. So we have mixed signals. Uh, but if it's true, if our um, sales remain about the same and our inventory increases, then there will be a, a downward pressure on prices. So pretty much, I think, uh, 2011 price-wise is going to be kind of like 2010. It's going to be steady as she goes. We're not going to see any big spikes one way or another, I don't think. The mystery question is what happens to interest rates? Uh, interest rates have been low and uh, I think artificially low and they may rise. And uh, when people talk about rising, they're talking about rising later in 2011. Also, they're saying that uh, foreclosures will peak this year. So things will get better after this time. Here's the point. Now, between now and the end of the year, is the best time to buy a house in a long time because of all these factors. Interest rates remain low at this time. We They may rise. I don't know. Inventory, plentiful. You have lots of choices. And, and those are the things you're looking for when you're a home buyer. So if you've been you know contemplating buying, do it now before things shift and it gets harder for you. Okay, so 2011, I think, will be the year of the home buyer. Uh, on the part of the seller, I my gut feelings are if you're going to sell, sell earlier in the year rather than later. Try to beat the oncoming inventory if it does come. We've been talking about that for years and nothing has happened, but uh, I still am reading that there is inventory coming. I, I attended a, a seminar and the speaker said inventory is coming. So th they're thinking that there will be more for sale. Yet on the other hand, it could be gobbled up by people who are taking advantage of low interest rates and, and good pricing. So that's what I'm suggesting. If you're a buyer, act now. If you're a seller, act now. Don't wait till later in the year because I think there's going to be a shift coming after we reach the peak of foreclosures as they are suggesting. Now, when you're a buyer, you want to negotiate a very good buy. And how do you how do you do that? That's the main question. So I'm going to give you my five steps that I do to assist my clients in finding very good values. Step number one is I look for a vacant house. Now, that makes a lot of sense. The person who owns the vacant house, it's costing them money every day. If they don't settle with you and agree with you, then their house is going to sit and eat away at their profits. Now, Let's, let's put it this way. 
If a seller negotiates too hard and loses the buyer for whatever reason, they may have to reduce the price or the holding costs will eat away. So everything that they had gained, they will have lost by holding the property. So they have more of a motivation to settle with you on a price and move that forward. Here's step number two. How long has it been on the market and what's its history? You know, properties have been on the market a long time, tend to have more motivated sellers. It's just really that simple. Now, in our multiple listing service, it shows not only how long it's been on the market with a current broker, but how long it's been on the market with previous brokers. And then you can go into a place called history and see exactly what happened. You can see how many times it's gone into escrow, how many price reductions they've had. And this kind of gives you a feel for what's going on in the, in the seller's world. And I try to put myself in the position of the seller. With all these things that have happened, what would be my motivation? motivation at this point. If I feel a motivation is high, that's another point I would be looking for. Uh, point number three is who owns the property? Is it institutionally held maybe by a bank or is it held by a private party? You know, sometimes the private party is more emotionally involved in the property and won't want to negotiate as good of a buy as a bank who's bottom line. But you know what? Just in the past couple of months, I've seen the exact opposite. The banks are ridiculous. <laughs> And the private parties are, are very open. So I don't know what to say about that. But it is important to know who owns it so that you can at least think of a strategy that you can use when you're offering on the property. Point number four is what is the cost per square foot? You can look uh, with our computers. We can look and see what the average cost per square foot is in the area. If the home is priced substantially below that, that's a really good clue for us. It's a good buy, isn't it? And so maybe the reason it is so low is because the seller really wants to make a deal, as it were. Here's the point that's so interesting to me. Most of my real estate career, when we found a house we wanted to buy, we would negotiate on the price. I mean, we would offer, if I were representing the buyer, we'd offer low and the seller would, would counter and we'd find some kind of middle ground. That was perfectly normal. These past few years, however, the tone in real estate is you pay full price and that's it. So if the home wasn't priced properly, instead of negotiating on it, the realtor will just say, ah, it's priced too high, let's go on to another one. Whereas that house that they passed on might be one of the best deals ever, but they, they walked over it. And that's the whole point is that the best buys are not obvious. They're hidden and we're trying to uncover them. So here's why point number five is so important. Point number five is to make an offer. If you think it's all these factors fall into place, make an offer. We'd, you'd be surprised what people do. I, I'm always amazed. And you know, before I write the offer, one thing I do is I call the agent and I find out what's going on. Maybe they'll tell me things that I didn't know that will assist our position. Who knows? So talk to the seller's agent, write an offer. And I mean, what do you got to lose? The worst they're going to say is no, but you might be surprised. We just concluded a negotiation where my client stuck to their guns. We offered low and we stuck to their guns because we knew the seller had to do something. And much to our amazement, they came back at us many times with higher offers and we just stuck to our guns. And you know what? They didn't say no. They said yes in the end. So really impressive uh, what, what can happen. So use those five points. Look for vacant homes. What's its history on the market? How long has it been there? Number three, who owns the property? Number four, what's the cost per square foot? And number five, write an offer. You do those things and you will uncover more transactions that are high value in Sacramento. If you need assistance with that, just call us for a no obligation consultation. We'll come up with a buyer strategy. Our telephone number is 916-682- Six four five four.
we make lists of foreclosed properties available to you. All you have to do is go to our website, mysacramentohomes.com, mysacramentohomes.com. Fill out a form. Tell us, uh, you know, where, where you want to buy and what price you want to pay. And we'll put together lists of properties we think that match and I'll give you an idea of what your money can buy. And then, of course, the next thing is we need to find good financing. Financing is just as important, if not more so, than the price you get for the property. So we've got to have good financing in place. In fact, uh, financing helps a lot in the negotiation. The fact that you're already pre-approved for a loan is, is big, and uh, we need to do that. So uh, that's another aspect that we'll assist you on. If you'd like to uh, get more information, of course, our telephone number is 916-682-6454 or visit mysacramentohomes.com. Thank you very much for listening to homerocketradio.com. Our podcast has been going on for a couple of years now. We have a very loyal following. We want to thank you very much. And please tell your friends about homerocketradio.com if they want to stay on top of Sacramento real estate. Until next time. I'm Sacramento real estate broker David Jurowitz, hoping that all your real estate transactions are profitable ones. Thanks for listening to the Sacramento Real Estate Podcast with David Jurowitz of Home Rocket Real Estate. You can reach him at area code 916-682-6454. Our best wishes to you. Goodbye for now.